speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Epistle is from Romans chapter 12. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The Apostle Paul tells you and me that we should let our love be genuine. Yes, that we should let our love be genuine. He says that we are to hate what is evil and hold fast to that which is good. We're to love one another and outdo one another in showing honor. We're not to be slothful, but full of zeal. We are to be patient in trials and full of joy. We're to be friendly. We're to be humble, pleasant, charitable, empathetic, and peaceable. Now, with that said, there's no doubt about it that this is a very tall order indeed. In other words, what the Apostle Paul lays out in a reading from Romans is difficult to do. Very difficult to do. Nonetheless, we do witness people in the world fulfilling these, yes, fulfilling these good things from time to time. For example, I can remember back several years ago to a lady named Anne. Yes, Anne. Anne was the chief financial officer for an architect firm. She was kind, she loved deeply. Indeed, she held to the good. She pushed back on evil. And she showed honor to her co-workers. And she was full of joy. She was humble. She was charitable. She sought peace in the midst of conflict. Now, Anne, she did not only carry herself with great virtue, but she also demonstrated virtue in her words and her actions. She was the type of person you'd want to have as a neighbor. Anne was the type of person that you'd want to work with at work. She's the type of person, indeed, that you'd want to have in a church, a fellow churchgoer. The only thing that might come as a surprise to you and me with Anne is that Anne, she was not a Christian. Indeed, she was an atheist. She was an atheist. And even as an atheist, though, she was not rude to Christians. Rather, she had a very deep conviction that there was no God, but nonetheless, she still was very kind to Christians. The point being, she actually outperformed most Christians in her attitude, in her actions, and her words. I can actually remember struggling with this as a young pastor. 
How is it possible that Anne functions better than most of the Christians in the church that I was serving at? And yet she was an atheist. Furthermore, how was it, yes, furthermore, how was it possible that an atheist treated my wife and I better than most Christians that we knew at the time? Now, it is important for us to understand that pagans are fully capable of doing virtuous things. Take Anne for an example again. Through many years of life, Anne, she actually learned the importance of being charitable, of being calm, friendly, self-disciplined, and so forth. Somewhere along the way, she found that life worked better when a person acted kindly and sought the good in every situation. And so she developed patterns, habits of being virtuous. But again, I remind you, she did all of this as an atheist, as a pagan. My dear friends, it is important to remember that the cup The cups outside can be shiny and bright, while at the same time the inside can be dirty and wretched. In other words, as we consider a simple cup being shiny on the outside and dirty on the inside, even though Anne was more virtuous than most Christians, she was still very far away from the kingdom of God. In fact, for what it's worth, I would wager that alcoholics and prostitutes and ragamuffins, all those kind of people, were actually much closer to the kingdom of heaven than Anne herself. So, at this point, if you are like me, considering all that we've covered thus far, you most likely are having a knee-jerk reaction right about now, thinking, are we saying that good works don't matter? Are we saying that we should be be done with good works? Are we saying that we don't have to care about good works, that we can do whatever we want? Absolutely not. Remember our reading from the epistle of Romans that we just read here, Paul, he actually praises goodness, not evil. He extols, he lifts up that which is good and beautiful and true. He does not downplay it. So what's the point? Well, my friends, tragically, too many well-intentioned Christians will read what Paul says in our epistle reading and then set out to build up virtuous habits in themselves and others. In other words, hear me out, If your love is not genuine, well, then you better get to work to develop more genuine love in your life. If you're full of pride, well, you better work to be less prideful and more humble. If you are slothful, well, time to level up. Level up and get full of zeal. If you are conflicted, if you're greedy, if you're arrogant, if you're confrontational, well, stop it. Knock it off. Be more harmonious. Be more charitable. Be more empathetic. And be more peaceable. And to help in becoming a more virtuous person, a more virtuous Christian, books are written for you as well. There's sermons that can be preached on this, and conferences can be organized to give you strategies and a tip or two and a pointer how to be more virtuous, how to enact these habits in your life. But there's a problem. There's a problem with this kind of thinking, and that is this. It's Christless. It does not have Christ. It is doing the exact same thing as Anne the Atheist. Now, dear friends, we must consider what Paul says in our epistle of Romans in its fuller context. Back in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, Paul states this right before our reading from this morning. Paul states this. He says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies 
as a living sacrifice. Yes, as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, your and my attitudes as Christians, our attitudes and our words, our status, this whole encompassing attitude is connected to the reality that we are a living sacrifice unto God, with our minds being continually transformed by his holy word. Let me explain it this way. Take your ordinary, everyday life. Consider your sleeping. Consider your waking up, brushing your teeth, showering up, going to work. Consider your walking around in life. Consider your interactions with your coworkers. Consider all the activities of the day. Take your whole life, your whole life, and understand that your whole life is actually laid bare before God as an offering. In other words, you do not belong to yourself because you belong to Christ. You have been crucified unto Christ. Furthermore, as a Christian, your mind is captive and attentive to the word of God, not the culture, and certainly not the desires of your old Adam. And so everything you think, everything you say, Everything you do is actually an act of worship before the Lord Almighty, who possesses you as his very own. Because you are a living sacrifice unto God, and because your mind is not conformed to the world, but renewed to the will of God, you, yes you, you love from the center of who you are in Christ. You run for dear life from evil. You are good to your friends, willing to play second fiddle. Indeed, you are a servant full of cheer. You are hospitable. You are humble, you're harmonious, you're charitable, you're empathetic and peaceable. But there's a problem, though. Indeed, there's a problem with all of this, and that is this. And we don't always do the good that Paul describes in our reading this morning. And so when this happens to you, when you find that your love is not genuine, when you're not holding to that which is good, when you are slothful, when you are anxious and greedy and vengeful and combative and thirsting for fame and apathetic just like your pastor, the key, my friends, is not to go the way of Anne, which is to try harder. Instead, it is to go the way, get this, it is to go the way of repentance. Yes, when the attitude and the shape of what Paul describes in our epistle reading from Romans when these attributes are not found in your heart and mind and actions, when it is not found in this church, in St. Paul's Lutheran Church, there's only one solution. There's only one option. We need to repent. We need to repent boldly and acknowledge that we are not living as a sacrifice unto God and that our minds are not renewed by the Word of God but conform most likely to the world or perhaps both our old Adam and the world. Martin Luther, he was correct. Luther once said that the entire life of a Christian is daily repentance, daily contrition, daily sorrow over our sins. You see, we need daily repentance, we need daily contrition, because daily we find ways to squirm out of being a living sacrifice unto God. Daily we find ways to conform our minds to the opinions of the world, the desires of our old Adam, while closing our ears to God's holy word for us. 
You see, a godly life as a Christian is never apart from Christ. Furthermore, when we fail to live the Christian life, the solution is the solution is not to press on with our own willpower. Mark this, holy living as a Christian is not about developing a habit or a pattern rooted in your sheer willpower apart from Christ because this is just as godless. It is just as godless as a profane hellion. But instead, mark this, holy living is returning again and again and again to Christ Jesus. It is returning to who you are who you are to be, and that is a living sacrifice with ears and minds listening to God's holy word for you. Baptized saints, never forget that the world and your sinful nature, and my sinful nature as well, they will always drag us down to the level of their immaturity. Also remember that apart from Christ, no matter how good the work seems, it is still a filthy rag apart from Christ. But in Christ, ah, but in Christ, all sin is forgiven. In Christ, all works are made holy because your Jesus is holy for you. Perhaps it could be said that the reason why we here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, the reason why we have communion every single Sunday, the reason why we have a sermon every single Sunday is that we continually need to be strengthened as a living sacrifice with our minds transformed by the word of God. Dear baptized Christians, let us never stop praising that which is good and beautiful and true. Indeed, let us praise that which is good, beautiful, and true. And let us pray that God will continually renew a right spirit within us every single day so that we may walk in his goodness that he prepared in advance for us to walk in. And when you and I fall short of that which is good and beautiful and true, may you and I repent again and again and again, returning to Jesus' forgiveness, because he is not only the author of this Christian faith, but he is the one who continually perfects your Christian faith. You, yes, you are a living sacrifice unto God. Rest in this Jesus who is for you today and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.